0: Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Alright folks hope you're all well on this Sunday evening Roy here with you until 7pm we have a pack show coming away for over the next 16 minutes going to look back on what was an incredible night in Paris last night Ireland getting the better off South Africa in an intriguing game fight. Hair left, would have been pulling it out with the nerves. It was one of those kind of games. Absolutely brilliant. We're going to talk to our pal Finn about it as well. We're going to hear from uh, Farland Sexton as well. Also on the show tonight, going to get reaction from Castlehaven and Ballon colleagues. They went head-to-head today in Ennis Keene. We'll hear from uh, Bantry Blues as well after their win over Nemo Rangers. Thanks to a soaked Joe McCarthy who braved the elements, where you have an in-depth interview with Ryan Sheehan about his next uh, Muay Thai fight. And Sir Mackenzie Foley is in studio. to talk the Japanese Grand Prix a busy hour of sport ahead on the Big Red Bench Really delighted you could join us on the show here until 7 p.m. Want to get in touch? 086 Send us a tweet. Send us a WhatsApp. And you can get in touch with us that way. I'm uh, going to wrap up uh, all today's action. Give you the scores from the Gaelic games that uh, occurred across the county today. If you were playing in any of those games, fair play, lads. If you were a supporter, massive, massive respect allowed to watch in those conditions. It looked absolutely horrible. Uh, McCarthy, McCarthy's down in Ennis Keen today for us, where he watched Castlehaven be ball and 14 points uh, So that's a victory today for uh, Castle Haven. The relegation playoff, Carrigaline and Mallow finished all square. 2-3 for Carrigaline Mallow one six. No extra time in that game, so that will be replayed. In the Senior A Football Championship quarter final. Canturk beating, or Canturk and Newsystown, I should say, finishing all square after the end of extra time. 2-4, Canturk. Newsystown won seven. That went to a penalty shootout. That New won 4-2 they'll face Newmarket in the last four He's not in agrees, the other semi-final the relegation playoff for moyn Rovers went head to head in ahi and it was Moy who won there, 10 points to 4 the Premier Intermediate Football clash of Bantry Blues and Nemo Rangers uh, Bantry Blues winning 3-12 to 2-6 they'll face Kilshanig in the final Castletown Bear and Kilnamartra is the other last four tie the Intermediate A relegation playoff between uh, Ballinora and Glenville was postponed as well today the Cork Lady Senior Football Championship consists 2-8 Introvers 5 points had, had a big win Over Castlehaven Today While more Abbey Defeated For Moy Cross-channel Football And uh, That's not If you're a Sheffield United Fan Not uh, Good listening For you They are 6 nil down against Newcastle 71 minutes on the clock Stands are starting to empty there already And uh, still 20 minutes to go So that could get a lot worse For the Blades there Some big games as well today The North London Derby Was one of those uh, Certainly plenty of fireworks in this game And uh, watching it for us was Guy Swindles Arsenal 2, Spurs 2. Although they've still only won twice at uh, Arsenal since the Premier League begun, Spurs fans will be much the happier after this one. Arsenal twice took the lead. Romero heading into his own goal midway through the first half for Son equalised just before the break in the second half lengthy VAR discussions eventually saw a penalty given for Arsenal for Romero's handball slammed home by Saka to make it 2-1 but within a minute Madison had robbed uh, the unfortunate Jorginho and set up Son for his second after that both teams had chances Arsenal had a succession of corners but never seemed to have quite the belief that they would score Arsenal 2 Spurs 2 and had a good win over West Ham today, Shane Pennington. Liverpool 3, West Ham
1: 1, it's another second half masterclass from Jurgen Klopp's men then, as they continued their excellent start to the season with a fifth win from their last six games. Mo Salah fired them in front from the penalty spot, only for Garrett Bowen to head home an equaliser. But Liverpool stepped it up in the second
2: half, and once Darwin Nunez had volleyed home to make it 2-1, there was only ever going to be one winner. And the three points were confirmed when Diogo Jota tapped home with five minutes left to move the hosts
1: up into second place in the Premier league
0: table Liverpool 3 West Ham 1 Yeah Newcastle have a seventh here against Sheffield United uh, 73 minutes on the clock there oh man if you're a Newcastle fan happy days but if you're not hard watching I would imagine um, if you're a Sheffield United fan 7-0 15 minutes left to go Newcastle could get 10 Sheffield United abject Newcastle United looking very very good there indeed. Uh, also today it uh, finished Brighton 3, Bournemouth 1 and Chelsea nil. Aston Villa 1 in the championship. Hull City winning 3-1 against Stoke. Cardiff City had a 1-0 win away to Sunderland and uh, in Scotland today in the Premiership. Aberdeen had a 4-0 win over Ross County. Rangers with a 1-0 win over Motherwell today. Uh, Rugby World Cup and uh, Ireland fans of course having a, a close eye in proceedings at the moment as uh, Scotland go head-to-head with Tongue Uh, Scotland just gone in for another try it is Scotland 29 Tonga 17 Uh, bonus points secured for Scotland and uh, conversion to come there 54 minutes on the clock big night ahead for Australia they face elimination for the tournament um if they don't get results against Wales. Uh, Wales can uh, qualify for the quarterfinals with a game to spare if they get a win today. That's in Lyon. Kickoff is at 8pm. And Europe have retained the Solheim Cup after the tournament uh, against the USA. Finished 14 apiece in Andalusia. Spain's Carlota Seganda won her singles match with Nelly Corda to ensure the defending champions kept hold of the trophy. And Cavalm uh, woman Leona Maguire scored three points across her uh, five games this week. Great stuff from uh, Leona, uh, including a 4-3 singles victory over Rose Zhang today. So that's you up to date. Pretty much everything that happens today, we are going to get reaction uh, from Ennis today. Jur was covering those two games today. I don't imagine he will dry out or get warm for about two to three months after that today. It looked absolutely horrendous, horrendous down there. But Castlehaven getting the better of Ballancolic, 14 points to 1 8. Uh, I'm going to hear from uh, Castlehaven's Mark Collins speaking to Jur.
2: Right, Mark, it's the Bears again. But uh, you had to come through a really tough challenge against Ballycally today. That second half performance, especially that's got to, stand to you?
3: Yeah, I suppose we were we were delighted with our first half performance. We thought we controlled the game, um, but we just we just spoke together there, and like we've a lot to improve on, a lot to improve on in the next two weeks. You know, Ballycally came out all guns blazing. We expected it in the second half, and yet we kind of just went into our shell a bit, uh, played on the back foot, and you know didn't control the second half. But uh, just as we were saying there the massive thing that came out of it was the character shown. you know they got back to level and uh, to be fair to our boys up top there was only one team winning it at the end we finished with three in a row which was a great sign
2: Yeah not panicking comes with experience and like after such a brilliant first half performance when they came back at T, you, we were down to 14 for Smallville when you got that black card but you showed the characters you said to come through in the end
3: Yeah I think so I think so um, you know we've, built a, we've great, built a great spirit there over the last four or five years you know our, our juniors played in a West Car quarter final yesterday we'd already 21 or 22 used at senior and like they put up an, an unbelievable show against a very good Barrier Row team so we're, we we know the character that's in the group um, and we just we're delighted to be back to another semi-final and we know we'll be up against it against the Bears. they're a fantastic team you know they've proved it over the last few years but you know we're really looking forward to it and it's a great opportunity
2: And just finally is it the fact that you've had those three tough tests in the group stage and this now as well for nearly three quarters of it anyway that, that you hope that that will stand to you going into the Bars that you've had that, that those those big tests to, to set you
3: up Come 100% agree. Like I think, you know, if anyone was at our first game against Ross in Clan, you know, I'd say it's going back eight or nine weeks ago now. You know, like we've improved steadily as it got uh, as the stages have gone on. You know, I think we improved every every group game as it went down and improved again today. So hopefully we can we can keep that going for two weeks time and put in a mass performance up in Parkyquive. Because obviously, there. Thanks, Millinger. That's Mark
0: Collins there speaking to uh, Jones the Bars next for them. And Sarah briefly from College, Podsia Podzimani.
2: Okay, Podzi obviously
0: looked disappointment, but
2: hope of that team's effort especially in the second half when you you know he had three goal chances and one of those gone in who
4: knows yeah uh, we'd be disappointed really it was a uh, yeah it's just we never played in the first half Yeah, you know, it was really hard stuff. stuff uh, we just didn't get out of the blocks really and, uh, yeah we turned it into the game in the second half and uh, the black character had there, but yeah. yeah it was hard enough to see up that top it had three good chances I suppose uh, three yeah. good saves they were going most scrambles really so yeah look it was it's grand to say we're battling qualities but we still didn't win do you know um, was it that you gave yourself too much of an amount of Actually, decline in the first half, really? I suppose we gave ourselves too much, yeah, we just didn't uh, execute the stuff, you know, we were we were doing the last few weeks, really, like, you know, our ball handling was poor, like, and they got their scores a bit easier than, than we got their scores. Look, they're a dogged team, they're an experienced team, they're, uh, yeah, it's just really poor 30 minutes for us in the first half, like, but does it give you hope that, like, if you can build on getting a full 60 minutes next year and year on, you've learnt enough from this experience, it will stand to them? Ash, look, yeah, sure we're saying that we're four years. Look, we got to the quarter final, we got to the semi final last year, quarter final this year. We're building an experience. We're still not getting over the line. Do you know what I mean, fellas? are doing very well. Look, that team is young. There's eight fellas under. It was a 17-year-old came on and the an 18-year-old came on you know eight fellas under 21 I think or 22 so it's uh, it's building but look we had the game at one stage and uh, uh, yeah look disappointed
0: yeah it's Paddy Oman here speaking to Joe, you can just hear from the wind there in that interview just the, the conditions that the game uh, was played playing it sounded like the start of the Wizard of Oz it was just so so windy down there um, but uh, it was a tough uh, day uh, down in uh, Eneskeen and Ger the of that he is covered two games down in Eneskeen in the, uh, those better conditions uh, today, the Bantry Blues winning the uh, Premier Intermediate Football Clash uh, today. Uh, 3-12 to 2-6 uh, against Nemo Rangers they'll face Kelsianic in the final. Let's hear uh, from Bantry's Arthur Coakley OK Arthur, congratulations,
2: that was a really impressive Bantry performance. Third quarter, you really kicked on and you must have been delighted with the overall result obviously, but also the display
3: Yeah, George, um we were, because you know, we, we
1: had a few injuries I was telling you, there, I was telling you the truth but you anyway, mm. look, we just had to get across the line here and um, I suppose the kind conditions are, are testing both teams and uh, we to be heading for a
0: semi-final I'm surprised you sure didn't end up in Oz doing those interviews uh, let's hear from uh, Efi Fitzgerald of Nemo. Um Efi obviously disappointment not the results you wanted um, this,
2: that third quarter surge from Banshee really just got the better of you
5: it did obviously the, the, the conditions were you know, they were favouring Banter in the second half. But I thought after a poor start, we, we walked ourselves into the game. Like we had a lot of young lads out there today, and I was immensely proud of them. Yeah, the result didn't go our way, but they battled it to the end. And in fact, in the last five minutes, we could have had three goals, you know. So they kept going to the finish. Um, and there's a good future for some of those lads an Emo. And essentially, you know, we want to go as far as we can the competition, but this is a great breeding ground for for guys who want to play senior going forward. So I'm very very pleased with the effort and um, our aim initially I in suppose Rock Chapel was to avoid relegation. We did that and we got here and we came up a bit sharp. That's okay, the lads gave it everything took to, you know some real character building, come down to, to Bellinine on a on a day like today and really get stuck into what was a very physical and strong bentry team. So are very, very very happy with the lads commitment and that but they were just that little bit stronger than us on the day. Yeah you fell behind one three to no score early on but you showed a lot of character to get it back
2: and like you were you were doing well up to half time but it was just that's when Banshee had a bit more experience I would imagine.
5: They had and we lost Eddie, Eddie Mangan who's be one of our key forwards there early on so we, it just seemed to be misfortune. We, we... We picked up a lot of injuries during the year, and then we lost lads to the senior team as well, which is which is a normal process. But um, but I have to say, we, you know, we were playing the second half. We were playing with a couple of backs in the forward line, and that. But everybody gave everything, Gerard, and That's as much as I can ask from them. You know, Nemo, Nemo's all about character and commitment, and you know the love of the jersey. And I think they showed that out there today. You know, lots of those lads are only eighteen. You know, we had five or 19 eighteen, nineteen-year-olds. So. Great, great for that character. They're disappointed, no, but it'll be, you know, it's a good learning process for them, and hopefully it'll benefit them going
0: forward. Yeah, it's uh, speaking to Efi Fitzgerald there down in and it's keen. Thirty-one-seven uh, Scotland leading Tonga. Uh, Newcastle haven't scored since we last spoke. Sheffield United, Newcastle seven is so how it stands. Eighty-two minutes on the clock there. Let's look back on a terrific night in Paris. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Ireland beating the world champions South Africa. What an incredible performance and uh, just. Uh, an intense game that lasts the 80 minutes I was in the edge of my seat for the entire entire 80 minutes um, we're going to hear from our pal Moss Finn shortly first let's hear from the captain Johnny Sexton and uh, the the man in charge of it all Mr Andy Farrow uh,
6: our uh, resilience um, which has been really good of late anyway um, as you could imagine but um, that was a proper game, a traditional game that it had absolutely everything, and uh, there was ebbs and flows, and ups and downs, and how we managed to uh, stay on point mentally, I thought was 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 fantastic. The game was the game was never going to be perfect. Um, first half, I thought we had the um, the rub of the green as far as field position is concerned, and probably. Uh, I didn't ca- capitalise on that a little bit but it was so, it certainly uh, roles reverse, wasn't it in the second half but how we um, how we kept our heads uh, getting those couple of penalties at the end uh, when it really mattered is the, the big plus side of, of, of our, our performance You've had some special moments here, some tough moments as well where did that rank and what's the key now to kicking on from it?
4: I, I think we've had a We've had some big wins in in pool stages before. Um, that, that's right up there when you play against the, the reigning world champions. Um, it's always going to be incredibly tough, and it was. They didn't let us down in terms of the physicality of the game, but I thought we we fronted up and, and gave some, some good stuff ourselves in that regard. And. Uh, yeah, it's right up there, but we got to make a count now. We got to go, and we've got some time off, I suppose, this week with the bye week, and then uh, we regroup, and, and then we got to back it up against Scotland, and and make sure we do the business to to get out of the pool. Gentleman over here.
7: Um. Congratulations, Andy. Uh, we know the Springboks are very strong in the set pieces. I um, just want to touch on the set piece of lineouts and, and, and scrums. On the lineouts, you guys lost three early uh, lineouts and then uh, 100% from there. And then in the scrums, you're losing two in the first half and the second half, um, we're having three penalties. I mean, what are your thoughts on, in the, on the set pieces? And are you pleased with today's performance, especially against the Springboks?
6: Well, again, um, uh, that's 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 the quality of the Springboks. Um, that's the quality of the opposition that's got to be coming. Um, uh, the, the more that we're able to stay in this competition and keep moving on. So but keeping ourselves um, on track mentally and, and and staying at it was was absolutely the key and you know I thought our, our discipline certainly um, in the in, in the second half was was very good within the line out and um, you know it was roles reverse wasn't it in regards to the penalty the the early engage from South Africa and the, and the penalty that we got on on the line for us to keep the goal so um again we we, we stayed at it um, mentally and um, rolled with the punches as you, as you say but came out came out strong the other side as well
0: Alright, we just heard there from Andy Farrell and from Johnny Sexton. I'd be joined on the line now by our pal Moss Finn, former Ireland and Munster star. Moss, um, an incredible performance, an incredible result and it was just an incredible night of rugby I suppose.
1: 100%. Uh, very entertaining, uh, exhilarating even, f- ferocious at times, unbelievably emotional and above all probably exhausting but was absolutely thrilling to watch even though the rugby might not have been fantastic at times but the intensity and the the will to win from both teams was absolutely ferocious, mm-hmm. it was a wonderful night's entertainment and it was great to come out at the right end of it because it definitely could have gone either way.
0: Intensity is the key word there, it was just 80 minutes of being sat on the edge of your seat practically watching the game through your fingers could have gone either way and it just never let up for that entire match Moss, it was exhausting by the end of it actually
1: Exhausting, even, you know, Jerry Flannery summed it up afterwards, he was exhausted because particularly after the second half, that was very stop-start. We never really had the ball. We, we, there was very little consist- consistency in it. Our set pieces had sort of dissolved the, the breakdown was absolutely ferocious, we were getting blown out of it there, so it was very difficult to put any pattern on the game because we didn't get enough ball to do it and South Africa hadn't the compet- competency to, to, to drive on with the level of possession that they got. So it was, it was an epic battle, a ferocious game between the best two teams in the world and I'd say there's a possibility that we could meet them again in the final if
0: we get that far, hopefully. Fingers crossed we do. Um, at the start, though, there was, a, I suppose, nerves in the Irish camp and that particularly came out in the line-out in Ireland's line-out troubles, particularly in the first half.
1: One doesn't like to be critical of anyone because everyone did well, but like if, if Rodan Kelleher has an Achilles heel, it's his throwing in because he... He's he's as good as Dan Sheen or any of them around the field. He's a fool. You saw the first tackle he put in there at the start. He he buried one of the South Africans with a with a shoulder into the chest. And he's a wonderful talent, but if he has a weakness, it's his throwing in. And when you're throwing the ball into a learnout against when like against South Africa, where they have six foot eight giants all jumping, then you have to be really spot on, you know. But so we, we lost six in the first half and that was it's that was a big blow to us, but I think we showed great character to come back from that, to 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 hang in and have a great second quarter, to, to to in in the first half, which was the best quarter we had, which stood us in good stead, and we got a wonderful try. Like I mean, Hansen is a fantastic talent, and Sexton made great yards, hard yards to to set up that try. So we showed great resolve to come back from a position where our our
0: set piece was in trouble, you know? Yeah, and like Ronan did yeah, eventually sort like out his throwing by, uh, I suppose, uh, the middle of the, the first half. And it was interesting as well that Ireland um, didn't really contest the the South African line out either. As you mentioned, when they're, uh, they're six foot eight giants in that line, or you just kind of, I suppose, leave them uncontested and just give it when they're they're back on the ground, I suppose.
1: Exactly. You know, if, if you don't contest, then you have a better chance of, ho- of holding the drive, which we did. We didn't want them. Mauling all over us and going on the forward foot, and, and and we stopped that. And and to that end, like I mean, the guy I take my hat off to there, and in fact the whole back row, I, I would say, uh, P- Peter Romani, uh, Ty- uh, P- Peter Romani, Evander um, uh, F- Flier and Doris. I mean, they were absolutely immense. It's very hard to play in the back row behind the front five that's in trouble, like. But the three of them absorbed everything that South Africa threw at them, and. I mean, I know he's cock on, I know he's cock. Peter Romani. he's not a huge man. I mean, he's he's about six foot one, two. You know, naturally about 14 and a half stone. Probably with weights, he's probably stronger. But, I mean, he was in the South African's face. He was upsetting their liners. He was upsetting their back row. He was clawing at the breakdown. I mean, for a guy, like I, I thought he exhibited everything that was fantastic in Ireland. You'd be very, very proud of him, very proud to be a cockman and know him.
0: Yeah, he certainly would be and very proud be. of Mac yeah, Hanson as well. His mother's from Cork as well, from Castle Martyrs, we can claim him and as you mentioned, Moss took a terrific try last night. Even if all our hearts were in our mouths that he was going to overrun the ball when he just before he put it down. Yeah, Lelehan alluded to that in, in the set piece, but I mean, or in, in,
1: in the commentary, but I mean, when you know having played a little bit myself as, as you know but the you're always told to get as near the post as you can yeah. when you get over the line to to make it easier for the for the kicker but i mean that was bordering on the ridiculous because it was inches from 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 going dead i mean he'd we might have sent him back to australia after that <laughs> if, if he had gone over the line but i mean he's a great talent and as you say his mother's some character and that like and he's He's a, like he's not a big man either he's a, he's like and he's got a great step he's got a great head he always stays in the present he can tackle he can he can win the ball in the air going forward like i mean he he was one of the outstanding guys in the backs there last night as well as 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 Johnny Sexton law was very good and of course the, the Aki in the in the middle of the field he's tailor made for matches like that where You know, when when there's very little in it, if you get the ball to him, if he's going back or he's going forward, the South Africans aren't going to take the ball off him. and That's the kind of powerhouse you need in the middle of the field and he showed us in spades last night
0: he was absolutely brilliant last night Um, I suppose in the build up Um, to this game all the talk was 7-1 split and all you're hearing about is the the so called bomb squad and the impact that that was going to have in the second half but I felt Ireland dealt quite well with it quite well (laughs) with it
1: we, 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 we did exceptionally well because we brought on our own bombers. I mean, Dan Sheehan came on. He was very, very good. I thought Henderson made a huge impact when he came in. And the creme de la creme was when Murray came in. I mean, he is... Like, he's a different type of scrum half to Gibson, Parker, Stringer. Like, he's like a number eight playing at number nine. Yes. He has the physicality for those... He, for the South Africans. He was tailor-made for the South Africans. So, I think we diffused their time bomb, pardon the pun. But with our own bomb squad and our, our substitutions were excellent and very, very necessary, you know. Um, and without getting too carried away about the intricacies of, but like Dan Sheehan and Henderson did make an impact when they when they came in, you know. And um, I thought Finlay Beeland was very good when he came in. If I was a little bit concerned about Ireland going forward and and being able to beat teams like South Africa... I have a slight little question mark about Tyke Furlong and James Ryan. Nice. I, I I I don't say that easily because they're wonderful players and have given great service. they are all real forward, but They seem to be gone back a tiny little bit, and I you know I, I thought I'd never hear myself saying it, but I I'd nearly be inclined to shove in Henderson if we had another confrontation like that in the second row because he was more abrasive than anyone when he came in there last night and I felt long and, and, and James are that little bit short of that at the minute.
0: And uh, with that 7-1 split as well, oh, that, off, split and as well, that uh, South Africa had, they had no um, recognised backup kicker and that certainly cost them last night because missed penalties cost South Africa hugely last night.
1: Hugely and if you go back over the course um, of, of, the, of the the rugby championship there with, um, with Munster winning the U, U, URC Lipart was very poor in the final again against Munster. He's not. He's a kind of. He's a 50% kicker. That that's what he is. He gets 50% of them. And I mean, they missed four last night. Okay, two of them were long distance. But Lipart should have should have got. He should have got three of them. The two penalties and a conversion. I mean, that's that huge at a level like that. And you can see why Erasmus has brought in Andre Pollard to to come back in and 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 take the kicks because on another night if they kick their goals we, we may have been in trouble like the Lipot he, he's reasonable running the ball and all that but he's not the he's not the real deal at, at number 10 and he certainly isn't a kicker
0: The hype machine for Ireland Moss is probably going to go into overdrive following last night's last night's win if you're Andy Farrell how do you keep a lid on that or do you I suppose entertain it and use that as fuel for the Scottish team going forward?
1: yeah well you know i, I i've said it a hundred times i mean he's he's a very clever man he's a fantastic coach He was very understated after it there and i'd say he was even a little disappointed the fact that we physically didn't quite kind have of- we weren't as physical as he thought we might be against the south africans so I'd say he might have been a little disappointed even though the, even though we won so anything that happened last night won't be lost on him the changes he made as to counter the bomb squad were fantastic he's a very level-headed man afterwards he just said we'll take our three or four days off we'd we'll analyze and we'll come back fresh and he he was really talking about staying in the moment we've scotland up next it's, um, it, it's just a group phase, and so there's nothing 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 lost. Let's go, let's relax, let's go forward. So he's, a, he's what I would call an extremely pragmatic man with a wonderful rugby brain, and he obviously has a camp that buy into him, and, and the whole thing is happy. And as I've said a hundred times before, a happy camp achieves more than the sum of its parts
0: yeah certainly so and I suppose it's always going to be happy can can be winning like tw- 28 games out of 30 now is the run that Ireland are on at the moment which is just sensational stuff um, they've two weeks to go to um, they face Scotland Scotland playing Tonga today but that the, the, the week off is perfectly timed after this South Africa game I suppose
1: well with with the with the bruising and all that, I mean that's like there's a lot of sore bodies there this morning. You even heard James Lowe who had a fantastic game on the left wing by the way. His his relief kicking there with his left leg, long kicks was um very meaningful and some of the physical exchanges he was involved in. He's he's a great bit of stuff, but when you hear a number eleven saying that he's gonna be have a tired body this morning, can you imagine what the likes of Peter O'Malley and Van Der Fleer feel like? You know, what I mean so they'll need the three or four days of of of, of, of uh, you know of recreation to um to get the bodies back but we'll be raring to go after that again and you know we we have options as well we have plenty of players I was thrilled to see Jack Crowley coming in from a, from a cock yeah. perspective as well and I mean I know the kick was straight in front of the post like we used to let kick it you know and there's 50,000 people looking at it and you were just coming off the bench it's not easy
0: but also having the presence of mind to just completely run down the shot the, 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 the clock there as well because he had what 90 seconds to take it and he just took that off the clock and therefore left South Africa just three minutes after that kick to try him on something
1: absolutely yeah he, he, he's, a, he, he's a talent you know and um, um, I'd like to see him get a bit more game time he might as well get a bit more game time against Scotland because Sexton to be fair to him, like it's it's difficult, and yeah. you saw there in the in the, in the early exchanges, South Africa targeted him. Kalisi came straight at him three or four times in the first twenty minutes, and Sexton stood up and knocked him back. He got a stinger on the shoulder. I was just praying it wasn't his head, yeah. and he he stood up to it. Like I mean, and he made the hard yards there, as I say, for Hanson's try. Like he's he's one of the greatest we've ever had, and he epitomises everything about that Irish team. and Without him, we have nothing. But I, I with o, also, I, I feel that Crowley will be very will be a very integral part going forward because I think at best there's probably only sixty minutes at the top level in in the big matches for Sexton. So Crowley will have a part to play as well.
0: You know? um, and as you said, last like these sides could meet again in the semi-final. So it could be just round one uh, last night. But um, if they were to meet in the final again, it would just be another massively intriguing contest.
1: It would be, and I, I think we might be a little bit more confident as we stood up to their physicality eventually last night. I think if we meet them again, we might be a little bit more prepped and and ready. Like because like there's nothing new in a lot of them, and that's where this the URC being so universal and obviously not just being European in 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 yeah. in, 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 in um, incorporating the southern hemisphere as well. They're used to playing against these fellows week in week out, and you know even last night the familiarity of having Snydman and in the second row for South Africa two months to a second row the fami- familiarity of that helps the the Irish team I would think because they know who physical those guys are and they're, and they're well able for them you know certainly
0: Moss always a pleasure talking rugby with you sir thanks talk, for we'll uh, we'll talking to us and I will talk to you again soon very good Roar yeah always a pleasure talking to Moss thank you sir um, thanks for that and yeah Great win for Ireland, and now uh, Scotland next, and they are 38-17 30, uh, up on Tonga with 73 minutes on the clock and it's all finished, Sheffield United now Newcastle 8 is how it finishes uh, Right, it's going to top White, but up next we're talking F1, Sarah Mackenzie Foley's nose Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Let's get the full time report from uh, Braman Lane, where Adam Drury witnessed uh, Newcastle pick up a big win over Sheffield United.
5: Newcastle United have put the blades to the sword, carving up a hapless Sheffield United with eight goals to nil. By 35 minutes, they were three nil down. Goals from Longstaff, Burnham, and Botman. And in the second half, it got worse. Wilson, Gordon, Almiron, Guy and Isaac added their names to the score sheet. Eight. Different scorers in all, as Newcastle recorded their highest ever away victory. Full-time here at Bramall Lane, finished Sheffield United nil, Newcastle 8.
0: Newcastle 8, wow, big, big, big scoreline, that one. All uh, right, speaking of... Um big wins, I suppose. That's a terrible, terrible segue, I'm sorry. I've got Motorsport and uh, Sir McKenzie Foley, a regular analyst, is in studio uh, live, sir. Thank you for coming in. Very, very welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Um, I was very happy last week because Max Verstappen didn't win. Not so happy this week because Max Verstappen has won 13 wins out of 16. Uh, Red Bull win the Constructors title. He's on, on March just to win this title, just with ease. Um, how did the race unfold today?
8: yeah it was interesting for once we actually got some race direction that showed us the battles that were happening as Max was sort of just in his own world cruising up at the front which it was quite nice because a lot of the time we do see him up the front on his own yeah. with nothing really happening but <sighs> look what what more can you say you know we've been talking about Max Verstappen pretty much constantly now for the last three seasons but here's
0: the story it's the only story really isn't it
8: it is the only story um, their dominance is undeniable and <sighs> even in qualifying, the people that were closest to him were over a second. You know, there was a huge delta yeah. there. And it just it, unfortunately that's just the way it is at the moment. The the period of Red Bull dominance is insane, really.
0: Is it just the car? I mean, like if you stuck any other driver in that car, would they be able to get close to Max? Or is he just that naturally talented? Is he just that naturally good at what he does?
8: He's very, very quick. I don't think he's you know, the best of all time in that there's nobody else that can get in that car and be that quick. Absolutely. Um, I think if you put your Fernando Alonso, your Lewis Hamilton, any of them in that car, absolutely. I think Lando Norris would probably fancy himself in that mm. car. And to be fair, with their new upgrades, again, the McLarens have taken a massive jump, both of them. And right. they've both, obviously they had the double podium this weekend and maybe they're our new hope. We've had a <laughs> few different hopes at different times and at the moment it looks like it's McLaren.
0: Yeah, um, fingers crossed someone can break the the stranglehold of Red Bull dominance. They won the Constructors' title uh, with that uh, victory today. Um, And it's kind of... What we've been talking about all season long is that they are that good um, and they are continuing to be that good. No one has gotten near them. Um, Like, it's just a matter of time before Max wins um, that title. And you hope that next year it can be far more competitive and there will be people closer to them to make it more interesting because we've had this discussion on the show before about attracting the casual viewers i mean like i would consider myself a casual f1 viewer but when someone is dominating to the extent that max verstappen is like it it can be a bit kind of you end up kind of just turning it off kind of going what's the point he's going to win
8: yeah 100 percent. and it's the casual viewer that was the main audience that netflix captured with drive to survive and unfortunately, they are losing them. Their stats starting to come out now in different markets that the viewer numbers are going down. So I think it's it's difficult because Formula 1 has always been cyclical with dominance, but it's been different this time. For whatever reason, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. I think people are getting closer to Red Bull, but this, even at that, the level of development that they would have to put in and like the level of secrets they would okay. have to unlock is just so huge. Mm. And Lewis Hamilton said this weekend, he said, we're going to have to have the biggest six months of development we've ever had in the history of our team to get anywhere mm. near Max for 2024.
0: And forgive me if I'm outside here, but I think it's down to Max himself as well in that he's not hugely likable or he's not as charismatic as some of the drivers in the past that you mm. you, you think of or even like, like Lewis Hamilton, you know what I mean?
8: He doesn't care about that side of things. He really doesn't care. And there are really good drivers that come along from time to time that are like that. And he, he you know, they, they've been getting him to do a podcast of the top three after <laughs> the, you know, a few races. And he's openly said on the podcast, I don't even like podcasts. You know, he's just, <laughs> he doesn't buy into it at all. Yeah, I think that's what maybe makes the return of someone like Daniel Ricardo. Even even more tempting to Red Bull because at the end of the day they're a marketing company, let's not forget. So they want people that they can send out there that are personable and mm. that people are going to, as you say, it's Gravitate towards Exactly. Yeah, go
0: towards the characters and he's not really... He isn't. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, the state of Formula 1 at the moment. We move on to Qatar now on um, uh, the 8th of October, so week off next week. Um, you were telling me before we went on air that like, there is a chance that Max Verstappen could win this on a Saturday, which would be a nightmare for everyone involved.
8: Yes, so there's going to be a sprint race in Doha in the at the Qatar Grand Prix and statistically it's possible that Max could actually score enough points in the sprint race to win the championship on a Saturday. I just think that would be a travesty personally. Um people might say who cares we know he's going to win it anyway, yeah. but at the end of the day in my opinion you should win a Formula 1 championship at in the a Formula race, One yeah. Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I just think, like, it would how would be, you even celebrate that? Like, I really don't know because you still have the race on the Sunday at the end of the day, and anything could happen. Yeah. Like, it would be hugely ironic if he were to win it in the sprint and then something happened that he didn't win the race or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um. But you know that's unlikely. But it just doesn't sit right with me, and I think it doesn't sit right with a lot of people. I think it'd
0: be a pure nightmare for F1 as well if that were to happen.
8: Yeah, and it's still there. Would still be I think five races left at that point. So again, it's so just their
0: viewership like, will go off a cliff if that right. happens. Like
8: you kind it's probably going to happen anyway. Just give Max an early holiday. You know, <laughs> just let him, just let him go home for a few months. Uh, he'd probably just get in the simulator and do whatever he does. But I think yeah, it's just a parade at that point. Yeah. Point isn't it? It's a Procession
0: for him. All right, Sarah. Thanks for uh, coming to talk to us. Uh, no doubt we'll be talking about Max Verstappen's win in two weeks' time in. Canada. <laughs> Sarah, but uh, for now, thanks for joining us on the big red bench. Thanks, Rude. All right, that's Sir Mackenzie Foley, our F1 expert, joining us in studio. We're going to talk my time now. Our pal Ryan Sheehan fights um, in uh, two weeks' time in uh, his hometown. Cronobroher Parochial Hall uh, is the venue for his next fight on the Sign Warriors Super Show card. Uh, Ryan calling to me today. Really interesting chat, with Ryan. And not just about fight, but what motivates him, what continues to motivate him, and I suppose his. Uh, uh, what the legacy he wants to leave in the sport. Really, really interesting chat with Ryan. Alright, delighted to be joined by Ryan Sheehan, ahead of another big night for Sion Warriors coming up at uh, the Parochial Hall uh, and the 7th of October, Saturday night, uh, a combined Muay Thai and uh, boxing cards. Um, Ryan, it's always a pleasure having you, studio buddy. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Roy.
7: Uh, how's training been going? Super. Now, we've been in a fight camp for the past maybe just over two months. Um, it's not really like we don't treat it like a fight camp you it's just like a lifestyle so yeah. it's going good and um, nothing has been affecting me really so it's been a kind of tunnel vision from the start it is and fighting I suppose,
0: in front of your your home crowd as well always a special
7: moment yeah it's a big fight like it's really close to home it's just kind of like around the corner from my house and um, and my world titles is on the line as well and it's a big fight against the Europe, or a good European from Italy so I um, it's a really big night for me who's he? Francis Nambo uh, something like that I can't really pronounce his name but um, he's a really good uh, opponent he's after winning he came fair in the WBC championships uh, a couple of months ago and he's just off the back of a a loss for a WBC world title at the weight class above so he's dropped down away now to and get hold of another world title Have you seen much of him have you watched any of his videos though? yeah I've watched a couple of videos just to figure out what kind of style he comes with and what he's used to and stuff like that but I wouldn't really be too worried about what my opponent's going to do yeah. I'd be worried about what I'm going to do in the fight What are you going to do in the fight uh, Come forward uh, <laughs> just cause wreck and try and put him under savage pressure not giving time to think uh, go and enjoy it too you know you're there to for the crowd uh, and you're there to put on a big fight and just come away
0: with a win, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully is the word. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. Um, and it's in parochial Hall as well in Grand Braher, which um, is a fantastic venue for fights because it's 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 big, but it's also very intimate. And the crowd are right on top of the ring. a um, low roof. The 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 atmosphere just stays in there. So I mean, like with the crowds that you bring to fights, it's gonna be electric.
7: Yeah, this is um, it's kind of a special one to me because as I said it's it's really close to my house and. Uh, I'll have a big crowd there and then there's like there's boxing on too so it's kind of a mixed in, a mixed event um, so the atmosphere is going to be crazy because you're going to have different crowds and different people travelling around and it's just going to be electric and the, the venue this will be my first time fighting in this venue so I really look forward to it like
0: yeah Tommy Hyde is uh, headlining the, um, the pro boxing card as well he'll be on the show next week um,
7: should be a buddy of his or would you know him or uh, he's slightly younger than me but we'd know each other from the area, we'd probably know a lot of people in there a lot of the same people. It's good as well for Corkley like, because like we now have people who are really starting to come up in the fight sports. Like for years there wasn't really too many. Like going back like just who has made onto like a world stage or like a big stage kinda it's it's quite thin. Like yeah. you have got spike Clancy myself Aaron Aaron Calhoun like you know there's not a whole lot of people in the mix and now it's good to see like a couple of upcoming boxers and the Muay Thai scene is really booming at the moment so it's really good that the Cork is starting to claim the fighting back again because I always thought that Cork was the capital for fighting you know um. Yeah, I right, like, you know people. Yeah, like I especially for my title. Like you see, the nights of Neptune over the years, like the the big fights like Martin Harkin has brought, like Sancho and Parsons and all these guys. Like that was happening ten years ago. Like you know, unheard of. Like he's brought the biggest ties to Cork. Yeah. He's brought some of the super fights. He's he's brought like Japanese stars, like and he's brought Boko. Yeah, you know he nice. he's had John and over. Like it's all Cork based, you know. And um, so I. T- my honest opinion I think Cork is like the home for fighting in Ireland like yeah it certainly is and you've certainly made an end for yourself in this sport as well you started what fighting what 10 years ago yeah well, 11 years ago yeah yeah so more over the decade stage now Um young veteran I suppose at this yeah. stage because I'm only 26 and um, I started I my first professional fight at like 17 or 16, yeah. 17 so I've been fighting A class for a very very long time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah because like we've known each other for almost a decade now at this point and I've kind of watched your career just go from the local fights into the stratosphere to one championship do you know what I mean so for me it's been a pleasure watching you um, I suppose climb that ladder um, for yourself I mean like you're still in the middle of your career but you have time to reflect on where you've come where you gone and where you're going
7: to yeah it's it's great to like, be able to say that, looking back at the old fights and stuff but we're achieving everything we kind of said we would and um, I remember like starting off and saying to my friends I want to be world champion and then getting to that stage when well, you say that to your friends at that age and you're starting out and you say
0: I want to be world champion what's the reaction like is it like oh, go gone away A
7: couple of laughs like you know and everyone used to say to me oh you're too small you're you're too skinny and stuff like this yeah so. yeah, yeah like. but people didn't realise at the time like, and it's like people are like oh you're not going to be able to do it you're too small and stuff and Does that That kind of just drives you yeah. more to kind of do it like you kind of grow a character from it then as well like you know you get more like I think by the time I was 20 I had like 20 fights uh, you know I had like, a, a really short period of time where I fought a lot and um remember when I wore tight like and then it went on to like no fighting on one championship and um, so yeah when you kind of see these things that happening over the years sometimes I don't realise it myself till yeah. people say it to me afterwards or like I have conversations with my friends and they're saying oh what was like fighting Sam a? it's like oh yeah shit I fought Sam a. that was that was crazy like and yeah. it's just good to be able to re- reflect on that yeah cause like you are a
0: superstar in this sport um but, like, you've stayed massively
7: grounded throughout it all as well. But, like, where does that come from? I just think I I realise, like, outside of fighting, you have to be a normal person. Like, you know, inside the ring, I do my thing. You know, I kind of call, like, an alter ego as such, like... You're scaring the ring, dude. Because, and everybody says it to me, like, when they meet me first, like, oh, I'd never expect you to fight because I don't introduce myself as... i a fighter. Oh, I'm a fighter, yeah. like, you know, so I like kind of people get their... Own, their judgement on me first before I like, introduce myself as oh, I fight because um, then once they know I fight that's all it kind of becomes the topic com- of conversation becomes oh when's your next fight so it's like just nice to have that yeah. general conversations with people yeah know. and the family I suppose helps with that as well. I suppose like even the lads in the gym helped like keep crowning because if you went in there with an ego you wouldn't be long getting busted trust me I've walked in there plenty of times thinking like I'm on top but I've often came out like going ah <laughs> And I didn't go so well <laughs> but that's why like, that's what keeps the healthy balance cuz you're chasing greatness then yeah. cuz if you think you're the best and you're oh if you're satisfied with, with it Y- you're only going to fail yeah. so it's like you keep that like, mind where it's like right I need to be the best instead of I am the best
0: yeah. and is that something like you wake up every day saying I need to be the best so I need to go and get my runs done I need to go train so <laughs> then is that like, one thought that keeps motivating? I have to be the best
7: yeah there's a couple of things that kind of play into it like when I wake up in the morning um, I have my, my my belts are on a shelf above my my room yeah. so like when I wake up the first thing I kind of see is the belts and I'd always have the fight poster hung up on the wall as well, so when I wake up, come up to a fight, i would see the fight poster, and, like, from the minute I wake up, I know this is my plan for the day. I need to get this done because everything leads up to the fight. So it's, like, all these little things in your mindset, like, keep you ticking over, like, wake up, see the belts set in your mind frame straight, saying yeah. right, I'm the champion they need to remain champion for the next six weeks and they need to be in that mind frame. That's what it kinda stems from.
0: But you must have days when you wake up going, F this <laughs> will take
7: Yeah, uh, you all get them days like it's, I always say to people like you will lose the motivation but you'll never lose the drive. You know, you might slip slip off like one or two days where you're feeling a bit sore or you can't, you feel like you're not up to it, but then you've to realise like, the drive is longer, like, you know, um so you just get over them hurdles and then you're able to go again. And that's the kind of thing about the longevity of it as well.
0: Um, Is that motivation, does that increase after defeat? You're coming into this fight after defeat, so is that motivation increase off the back of defeat going like, I have to show that I'm better in my last fight?
7: Yeah, I suppose. I would be saying things like that out low, but in the back of my head, I'm like, right, I need to prove to myself that I'm back at the top and I can stay here. But you just have to remember as well, like, in Thai boxing it's not about losing it's not about winning it's about who you're competing against and my track record definitely shows that like and I've i have lost to some of the best guys in the world like, like, and I've always came back to beat somebody just as good yeah. or someone better like I remember losing a fight and then drawing against a Thai champion and then you know losing again after that and then coming back and beating a Thai legend it's like You have to remember to wear stands like in the the competing side. Yeah, I
0: didn't mean to be disrespectful there. I mean, like I say, oh, you lost your last fight, but that was the A who was like the best in the fucking world. Like,
7: Mm. oh yeah, like I wouldn't. When people said me, oh, you lost A like it's like yeah, but I'm. I'm winning the race because yeah. like I'm on the right track. You got to compete against Sami. Yeah. Was, like, how good you are Because like. I remember growing up against Sam A and this is a funny story. Like everybody who's involved in kickboxing, Sam Sami is like a really good kicker. Like he's excellent kicking. Like his left leg is probably the fastest kick I've ever seen. And uh, there's actually YouTube videos of him like, kicking really fast. Like and for throughout the whole fight camp, I was like trying to focus on how, how can I utilize his left yeah. kick. And in the fight, I did a perfect. I stopped his left kick. And he ended up catching me with punches and in the end that just showed how good of um, his game plan was and how good he was able to change up his style in the fight. And I remember like after the fight going to the island my buddies when I came home, it was like, Oh, I did what I thought I was able to do against Sam A. I stopped his best weapon but I forgot about his punching. (laughs) You know? Because growing up like watching Sam A was like his left kick. If I can stop his left kick I was like I can win. Mm. Obviously, I got caught up in the mix. I didn't trying yeah. to run forward and trying to bring the pressure to him as well. Yeah. Um, that fight was, what, Patrick's day back in one championship. How was the
0: whole one championship experience?
7: Professional. Yeah. So organised. Treated so well. Like, I think the fight sports and, just say, in Asia, like, it's way more, um, they're way more passionate about it. Yeah. Whereas, like, in like the western side, I think we've more of um, a get-up, like, kind of, we think... Uh, it's like a gangster kind of um, mindset that, like the Westerners have whereas like in Asia it's like they're humble they're respectful they're passionate about fighting so like yeah. everybody's treated equal if you're like fighting you're treated equal like, you can know, also one championship is it's heading in the right direction for Muay Thai yeah. it's bringing it's bringing the big names the big draws like there's the financial side of it's great it's really good to see that one championship is heading in the right direction for the sport it
0: certainly is it was huge even the exposure you got from that was
7: incredible yeah it's nice to be able to say like I finally getting some recognition more so in my city than the world because that's where you kind of I'm going to spend my life is like in my city if I can kind of make a name here then I'm kind of really satisfied yeah. um so it was good to get the recognition back here and then obviously like online I was getting it from Thailand and other yeah. like outlets and stuff but it's really good to get the recognition in Cork. Have you watched that fight back? Yeah I've watched it a couple of times and um, I wouldn't be one to watch my fights back too often but um, you have to learn you have to figure out your mistakes and go off your last uh, your last um, fight to know where you can go for your next one. What did you learn from that fight? <clears throat> Keep my hands up. <laughs> um, nah just look just uh I suppose you have to keep your hands up anyway, but just uh, go out there with less pressure. I think the nerves got to me a little bit because of the crowd and how big the the stage was. Lumpini Stadium as well. Yeah, the like the home of fighting. Yeah. Lumpini Stadium. So like fighting Sammy on one championship on Paddy's day. Like it was a bit like overwhelming. Um, but now I know for the next time what to expect, and I know the next time it's like right, the the job will be done. Yeah. And um, there
0: was great respect between you afterwards as
7: well. So yeah, that's the thing about like Thai boxing people don't really understand like it's not in your face, it's not like it's it's never a there's no All like together, yeah. yeah, when you when you fight somebody you kind of get on with them straight away after because normally like when you're fighting people in in this sport you're fighting your heroes. Yeah. Like I always say to the lads, like if you get good enough in this sport you can actually meet your heroes or you can uh, you if feel you're good enough your you get to fight them, you know. Um, as like I would say like you your idols becoming rivals because Sam A was one of them jamhad was one of them Tim, um Tippy Chai was one of them you know there's some big names I fought like who I looked up to for years and it's a bit it's a bit great feeling to, to be able to fight them and meet them in person and then get to know them Outside of the ring, too, mm. is even better because it's like these people pay attention to your career and then they're all supporting. That jump <clears> had <throat> was a very special moment,
0: um, not just for you, but for everyone, I suppose, that was there in attendance. Um, you must get, I suppose, like. Like the hairs must stand up in the back of your neck when you think about that night, when
7: you think about that fight. Yeah, there's always something special about fighting in your hometown because especially you got your friends, your family. Like I don't really call them fans, but like you've got fans there, you know. Um, and then like to do it like as the main event. And that was in Neptune, wasn't it? That yeah. was Neptune Stadium. That was the last event, in Neptune yeah. Stadium. Um, so, it was a good way to close the chapter and open a new one, I yeah. suppose. Uh, but that fight itself was crazy, because John had had, like, 500 fights. And now you're only, like, 40. And he like, strutted into the ring like the superstar that he is. Like, yeah, ruined. he was doing some mad stuff, like, before the fight, like, uh, the dance, like, the white crew and stuff like that. And then he was yeah. dancing on the way into the ring. And and then he was showboarding in the fourth round. he was doing, like, catwheel kicks, and he was taunting a bit. And then...
0: what's that... Was, was Chamahadu a guy who aimed a shot at you, like, beforehand and you just ducked out of the way? Was yeah, that he
7: shot the arrow and yeah. he dodged the two arrows. <laughs> <looked back behind laughs> yeah, him. yeah. But that kind of showed him, like, I wasn't there to um, play the game. Yeah. I oh, had yeah, only one thing in my mind, like, and that was to put you under pressure. Like, I'm not That's here to make yeah. up numbers, like. He did trouble if you was I all <clears kicks clears our throat> right. When you were thinking, like, the Khmer stuff no way we'll yeah, like if I got caught one, I would have been a viral <laughs> hit. Uh, Cause they're beautiful when they land. Like, um, I wouldn't try one, but they're they're great when they land. He threw two of them, but I dodged two of them. And I think when he realised like I wasn't there to yeah. mess around, that's when he actually stopped smiling at me. Yeah, and then I turned into like four and a half rounds of like madness. It was. It was
0: one of the best fights I've seen And, like. When you're waiting for me to, to read out the result I mean, like what's going through your head do you think you've got it won then or you're like go either way judges like
7: they could see something I don't see or how does it work or Yeah look you really don't know what way the fight's going to go I don't know how people can judge the fight themselves like it's very hard to do it like especially when you're fighting someone with, like so many fights like his experience to mine is there's a huge gap there yeah. so he was probably able to tell where he was on the scorecards whereas I was but I felt as the fight was going on I had a bit more in the gas tank and I was just coming forward a bit more and I was I was putting him on under more pressure like and when you see like at the end of the fight when they're kind of Backing off a bit more, like that's when you feel like you're confident. And, and I kind of felt like I was going to win the fight anyway because the moment was there, the moment was mine. Like, mm. you know, the green and, and gold was staying in Cork, like, that was all in Such my head. Like,
0: well.
7: yeah, like people don't realize to win a WBC World title against one of the greatest ties at the time, it's phenomenal. Like, yeah, um,
0: just look at the rest of the card here now for the Procure Hall in a couple of weeks. Uh, Francesco Sock is the guy who you're facing. Aileen Mullins is on the card who's rapidly becoming a super starting
7: sport yeah Aideen is on the way up no she's getting better each fight to be honest I've seen a lot of people train hard and Aideen trains hard she's there every night and, and she's the youngest out of all of us as well so it's yeah. good that she's there no, she kind of reminds me a bit of myself when I was younger around the lads because now I'm one of the senior lads in the gym so seen, 26 years yeah like, but like Aaron O'Callaghan and Clancy and all the lads they were only all like 26 too when I was coming up so it's kind of good to see like the age gap between yeah. the fighters now and the fighters that are coming up exactly I see Clancy's a lumberjack in Norway now isn't he yeah, don't ask me what he's up to. He's, he's off his game.
0: <laughs> certainly is. I think you have to be to be in this business, to be perfectly honest. But just looking through the characters, some of the biggest names um, across Irish might, I mean, like, you've got, like, Carl Tanyan, you've got Liam Devaney, Eric Hare. It's like a huge card, huge fighters.
7: And it's going to be an, another cracking night, I suppose. Eric Hare is one of my favourite fighters in Ireland. Um, so definitely come watch that for people, because he's he's a technician. And he always brings an entertaining fight. Carl Tannen as well, he's having his I think he's fighting for a silver series title. Yeah, yeah, so he's really coming to look to stamp his name in the Irish fight scene with this win. If he gets a win here like he's gonna he's gonna be onto big things and he's young, so he's hungry for it. Uh, training with Carroll, I know how much he puts in, he's he's a good operator, so it'd be good to see Carl come away with a win. Liam Devani he's a good fighter strong lad solid lad like, and he's in an international boat as well so yeah. it's good to see the lads like, cause they've been active for the last couple of years him and his brother Sam yeah. so it's good to see them Starting to make a, a go at the fights, exactly. Yeah. And look, there's so many fights on the card
0: as well. Get in there early because you don't know who the next superstar is going to be and who's going to make them going to be making the step up uh, on the uh, on the ladder of uh, Muay Thai. Aaron's been a pleasure talking to you, buddy. Um, not going to wish you luck because you don't need it, and uh, looking forward to seeing you perform. Thank you very much. Uh, Apologise to calling Ryan Aaron there at the end for for whatever reason. So apologies there, Ryan kid. But yeah, Ryan Shane. Um, it's just he's such a, a tremendous athlete. Trem- Tremendous competitor and a great ambassador for his sport and uh, Corks will certainly be uh, proud of his achievements and looking forward to seeing him in action in Paranke Hall in a couple of weeks time. And that's it from us, thanks very much for listening to our show this evening. Podcast will be online, you get that on redfm.e or from wherever you get your podcast. My thanks to Sarah Mackenzie-Foley for popping into the studio. We're back next Saturday and Sunday, folks. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Three hours of the very best of Irish music coming away with Max Blackburn on Green and Red. The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.